Okay, welcome back ladies and gents to what is another day of turmoil. And this is especially going to hit, well, it's gonna make Europe even worse, the crisis that Europe is in right now in terms of energy. But this is going to hit now the USA. And I would forecast this to actually hit the USA later in the year, but probably early next year. What am I talking about? It's the talking point at the moment that Biden is furious about, and that is that, well, in fact, there's two or three things that have led to this, but the end result is that OPEC has decided that they are going to reduce the amount of oil that they output by 2 million barrels per day, no small number whatsoever. So what has led to this? I've been watching a lot of analysis and hearing what people had to say. And yet again, it baffles me how some of these things come to mind. Uh, One of the Goldman Sachs, I think he was, um, I can't remember his name, he was being interviewed on CNBC and they were asking, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What will this do? I was expecting him to say, this is gonna be terrible. It's gonna push up gasoline prices throughout the US where they're already over $6 per gallon in California. In fact, what he said was, and I, I wrote it down here, he says, this is a great thing because we need higher oil prices due to the amount of underinvestment that has gone into oil and gas Um, in more recent days so it's been depressed wrong this is incorrect we've talked about this a lot on the channel the reason that oil and gas is being depressed in the United States which is crazy by the way because the United States has so much natural resources in terms of energy that they could even supply Europe if they wanted to ramp up production no the reason is that all of this investment hasn't gone in and they've let these uh, oil wells and drills and all the natural gas plants and refineries. The reason they're letting them just decay and they're not doing um, improvements on them and upkeep with a lot of them and actually drilling for new stuff, we already know why this is. This is all part of the climate targets which the USA is signed up to. So that is the true reason. It's nothing to do with what a lot of these analysts are saying. So I would probably expect that now because of this output, so remember it's only yesterday actually that we talked about how we could get to these levels that they want to get to. And I mentioned one of those things was supply or, or should I say demand destruction. So we talked about this yesterday. And I think this is what we're seeing. So, and let's come on to the second point of what's caused this. The EU got together and said, we are gonna put a price cap on Russian natural gas or Russian energy. And they said, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna set a price cap and that's it. We're gonna, this is a, I think they're calling it the eighth uh, sanction on Russia. Well, I think what the EU forgot about here was that it isn't just Russia, it's all the BRICS nations and it's OPEC. And I talked about this before, so if you push OPEC into a corner and force them to take sides, as well as BRICS, they are gonna take the side of Russia. And that's exactly what we've seen. And and if you remember, I think it was July, uh, mid-July this year, Biden actually flew out to Saudi Arabia. Now you remember what happened when Trump, and again, this is not political, remember what happened when Trump went out, they rolled out the red carpet, huge parade they're really happy to see him they sat down they you know all that sort of stuff but when biden went out it was just a you know it was a fist bump it was just there was no parade there was nothing he went in sat down 
um, tried to sort of negotiate, put pressure, and um, the Saudis just weren't having any of it. And it was a similar story with other places. And then afterwards, the, uh, the, the Saudi prince was actually interviewed and asked about this. And he says, aren't you worried that the USA might be upset, or in particular, President Biden might be upset by your you know, reaction and not willing to work with them. And his response was, I don't care. I'm not worried at all about President Biden and he won't put any pressure on me. And I think we're seeing this again at the moment. So I've got a statement from um, President Biden today as to what he said about this announcement with OPEC. And of course, he's blaming everything. The, the irony of it is that they in the US, they've put all these restrictions on energy production and energy exploration. But then if you remember a month or two ago, Biden went to or spoke with Venezuela and said, we need you to ramp up oil production. And they said, no. <laughs> so now he's gone over to the UAE and other places in the Saudis and the Middle East and said the same thing. We, you know, tried to put pressure on. And again, they've just said the same thing. No, we're not going to. So this is putting now America in a very difficult position because you've got to think about the strategic uh, petroleum reserves as well and how previously this was filled up very very cheap a deal was done they were all filled up really cheap but over the last uh, six months and remember it's only supposed to be released in, a, in an absolute emergency well over the last six months or so the administration has been releasing all of this to suppress gas prices why because the midterm elections are coming up next month so the reserves are very, very, they're not depleted, as some people say. They're not depleted, but they're very, very low. So as they're getting low, and now you've got this cut in output of energy, this is going to push up prices. It's obvious. And how is he going to refill all of these strategic reserves then? Well, they're going to have to print even more money to go out and buy all this. Now, I think you're probably going to see $110 per barrel maybe January time. Uh, it could be the end of the year, but maybe in, in sort of January time. I don't think we're going to see $125, $130 like we saw before, unless there's these more drastic cuts. But let's look back to the EU then. So they put these new sanctions in place. Well, look what OPEC's done. They've sided with Russia and said, okay, well, if you're going to put this cap on the price, we'll just reduce the supply. And that's exactly what's happened now. So really, everyone should have seen this coming. Now, the other thing I thought was very interesting and read into this what you will. One of the and I think she was either ABC News or CNBC was at the OPEC conference and each reporter got to ask some questions. And the Saudi prince, the, the minister of energy, he refused to answer certain questions because he said, I've already answered twice. I'm not answering because you don't want to hear what we have to say. You've got your own agenda, et cetera, et cetera. So then when this lady reporter asked the question of the panel and said, you said your door's always open. Um, and yet, why are you not responding to the EU and you know, what's going on with the EU? And she and you know, it's a little bit of an awkward conversation. And then she said, have they contacted you? And he said, no, we haven't heard from anyone in the EU about this whole energy crisis. Our doors open. They haven't contacted us. What on earth is going on there? Start asking these questions. Do you not find that unusual that we're in this crisis and the EU hasn't contacted them for a resolution? 
that is very worrying. And I don't think I'm being overly dramatic when I say it's a little bit suspicious. Why would they not want to contact them if the door's always open to try and resolve this? So I think as a result of this, and I think it's something like two thirds of France's refineries as well are not operating at the moment maintenance and stuff like that again of course across the eu though a lot of the refineries at the moment are not operating again it's all due to maintenance and other things and again we're getting this this big push towards green energy and electric cars but what people don't keep talking about is how much natural resources and energy is required anyway to actually create these EV batteries and what is it every 15 years or so they've got to be replaced the windmills parts of that's got to be replaced all the time or the wind turbines um, even solar panels don't last forever you need a lot of energy to produce all of this and I mentioned a couple of weeks ago I think people who have rushed out to buy electric vehicles there's a, there was someone who did a very good video and it was a comparison between his petrol car and his electric vehicle and he said now it's much more expensive to run my electric vehicle than it is to just buy petrol at the pump for my car and the other thing is well, what if they start rationing electricity which they're talking about how are people going to charge their cars up and, and get to work and get to where they want to be and even deeper when we get deeper into the future they are installing these kill switches onto electric vehicles why do you think it's so funny people say oh you're just being a bit conspiracy theorist there uh, and i'm like sorry what what it's called a kill switch you think they're installing a kill switch on an electric vehicle for fun obviously not there's obviously a reason that they are installing a kill switch on electric vehicle and that's without even getting into all the other stuff smart meters which again you can just turn off uh, and everything else as we're going into this smart grid smart city but this isn't going a good way and of course we talked about last week Nord Stream 1 and 2 the mysterious uh, explosions for explosions and the chances are and again it's still under debate but the chances are that those pipelines will never be brought back into use yes they're going to try to repair them but chances are they'll never be brought back into use and no one's talking about the half a million tons of methane that was released from there in fact where's all the press coverage where's all the media coverage from that you know they said they said it was sabotage and then it's like shh, shh everyone um you know all the western media don't talk about it anymore definitely don't talk about the methane release don't talk about it like what's going on i think it's obvious we all know what's going on if it was genuinely the the country that all the media were saying it was they would have evidence they'd be running stories 24 7 but i think probably what's happened is the evidence has pointed elsewhere and now it's being hushed up but even coming back to Europe then, about 1.5 million barrels of oil that are usually refined are not being refined at the moment. So what this is going to do is exacerbate this current diesel um, issue in terms of agriculture that we're going to be seeing later on. Because we're running through the reserves, they're not creating enough new energy fast enough. So this is also going to add to problems and this will add on to food potentially. It depends. The EU can only keep printing money and so can the UK and other places for so long to keep buying all of this energy. And of course, the UN is talking about price control. So they're telling all the central banks, stop raising rates, stop doing any form of QE, 
stop tightening monetary policy and then instead do price controls. Yeah, because this has never worked in history, so it's going to work this time. You see, they don't learn from these past mistakes. Price controls are going to cause an enormous issue. All it will do is collapse businesses because if you put price control, and again, especially with energy as well and onto businesses, you start putting all these price caps and price controls, a lot of business owners are just going to close the doors. And then what happens, the staff get laid off basically. So you go into the employment scarring cycle. So no matter how you look at it, whether they do price controls or whether they keep printing, 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 which leads to higher inflation, as will this problem we're talking about today, lead to higher inflation. Anyone that thinks this is just going to go away is really dreaming because it's not. We have got this persistent level of inflation now. And remember what they told us. Oh, no, it's transitory. And oh, you know, this and that. And now it's good for you. And now, oh, no, we're going to get rid of it. And now it's like they're not. They can't get rid of it. They're caught in this trap. But I wanted to show you a couple of articles then. But first, I just wanted to read out the statement um, here. So a White House advisor was asked yesterday, sir, is now the time to get American energy working again? That was the question. The answer was, the president doesn't think that's the responsible thing to do at this stage. And I heard that and I thought, huh? Why would you not want to do that when you've got so much energy and you've got so many refineries and equipment just sat idle? Why would you not want to ramp that up? It would grow the American GDP. You could have a whole resurgence throughout the US in terms of your industry because China and all the other places, it's obvious what's happening there. They are eventually going to cut out the US and Europe from a lot of goods and services. Why wouldn't you bring that manufacturing back? You've already got high inflation anyway. So having it cheaply made elsewhere and then very high cost supply chains and everything else and then the energy, yeah, it's probably going to be a little more expensive to be American made, but you're going to get good quality. You're going to give people jobs as we go into this um, cycle. Well, we're already deep into the cycle and the recession, this global recession. It just makes sense. Why would you not want to do that? And I think we know the answer. So let's look at a couple of these articles then. So here's the headline, OPEC to cut the oil production by 2 million barrels per day to shore up prices, defying US pressure. And here's what we were talking about earlier with gas prices across the US at the moment. California is at 642, Arizona 453, Nevada 550. And then if you look at the, and here's the irony of it, you look at the southern states like Texas, where you've got $3 a gallon, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, obviously 320, and South Carolina. It kind of tells you what's going on here as you look across each state. And I was surprised we haven't seen a lot of news on this, but there was actually a deadly oil refinery fire in Toledo forces shut down, raising concerns over gas prices. Now, I think this is in Ohio, but I'm not sure. But there was definitely one in Ohio just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, yes, it is. This is the uh, BP Husky refinery in Ohio. And yet, why isn't this being reported on? Because the media has stopped reporting on all of these explosions and fires now. And if we look at the EU sanctions then, this was the eighth package of sanctions includes prohibition of maritime transport of Russian oil to third countries above the oil price cap and a ban on related activities. And it's interesting that they are now admitting this because I've been saying this for months that 
these sanctions were not really doing anything because Russia was just exporting the energy, the, the gas and oil and other things to China and other countries. And then China and some of these other countries were acting as a third party. Now, the other thing which is interesting, the EU is also banning the provision of engineering services to Russian entities. Well, how is this going to help with energy production? Because Russia said a number of times that they get a lot of their refinery and their engineering parts from other nations, US, Canada, the EU. So I don't understand how they think this is going to really help the situation. Now, out of the 27 EU member states, it was only Hungary that said will block the sanctions against Russia. Earlier this week, Ben Harris, Assistant Secretary for Economic Policy at the US Treasury Department, said that the Treasury is looking to structure a three-phase approach to the G7 sanctions and price caps on Russian oil to keep Russian crude and products flowing, but at lower prices. The G7 group of the most industrialized nations will first target Russian crude oil, then move on, here we go, watch this, then move on to include diesel at a second stage. What do we need diesel for? Agriculture. Finally, the lower value products such as naphtha will be a part of a third case Harris said in Geneva on Tuesday. But let's read uh, President Biden's statement then as to what he has said. The president is disappointed by the short-sighted decision by OPEC to cut production. At a time when maintaining a global supply of energy is paramount importance, this decision will have the most negative impact on lower and middle-income countries that are already reeling from elevated energy prices. Well, yeah, of course, it's going to affect the, the poorest in society and the middle class. So why then is he not opening up production? It's because of these CO2 targets. The Department of Energy will deliver another 10 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to the market next month. Unbelievable. Continuing the historic releases the president ordered in March. These things are going to run empty if he keeps doing this. In light of today's action, the Biden administration will also consult with Congress on additional tools and authorities to reduce OPEC's control over energy prices. In other words, they're going to look at how they can put more pressure on OPEC, but it hasn't worked so far, so I don't know what they're going to try this time. Finally, today's announcement is a reminder of why it is so critical that the United States reduce its reliance on foreign sources of fossil fuels. With the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which I call the Inflation Explosion Act, the US is now poised to make the most significant investment ever in accelerating the clean energy transition while increasing energy security by increasing our reliance on American-made and American-produced clean energy and energy technologies. Yeah, and I agree with this. The USA, you have so much energy and all the equipment and the infrastructure is there. You just need to be permitted to open it up again and, and just start ramping up your energy because otherwise you're going to end up like Europe. Look at Europe right now. It is on its knees. It is going to be crippled this winter. Why the US is relying on foreign energy when you have your own is just ridiculous, really. Whether you're burning oil, petroleum-based products that comes from the Middle East, or whether you're burning it and it comes from your own country, it's the same, <laughs> this is the funny thing, it is the same amount of CO2 and methane and whatever else going into the 
atmosphere of the world, regardless of where it comes from. It, anyway, it makes no sense. So thanks for watching today. Uh, take care. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow for the Friday walk and talk.